All right. Welcome to the Crossview Podcast. Oh, we Marcus. Aaron's here. Aaron is here. Aaron's here. And we are here to discuss some things. Uh excited to be back. It's been a it's been a it's been a while. Been feels like it's been a minute. while. Probably only been a couple of weeks, but a couple of weeks feels like months because uh, we've been rolling and we want to keep this this train rolling forward. So, um, as I always start this thing, there's always a lot going on, so that's nothing new. But um, as we start this podcast, uh, Mr. Donald Trump was just arraigned, mm-hmm. arrested, indicted, or whatever you really want to call it, um, just minutes ago. We got here the mug we shot. go, and so Aaron and I were just looking at the mugshot. About to make a t-shirt. Aaron's uh, <laughs> thinking about how to get some money rolling in because of his mugshot. Um, they actually made a fake mugshot, uh, like several, like probably the first indictment, the Trump campaign, and he started selling t-shirts. So you might already be behind on the on the game, Dang. but I'll get there anyway. Uh, Speaking of t-shirts, that's going on. Yeah, we got Crossview merch. Oh yeah, strengthapparel.com. Crossview merch. Go check it out. Yes, sir. So what do we got popping? Cool. So as I just mentioned, because, you know, uh, Mr. Former President Donald Trump uh, is under some fire legally, he's also under some fire politically as you have a big and growing GOP uh, presidential primary. um, He ain't too worried right now. In the works. Yeah, he doesn't seem too worried about it, but um, they are running. So... Uh, it's worth worth considering and seeing what's going on with that. So, we watched the debate uh, last night. Uh, what were your initial thoughts of the debate itself? Um, kind of a holistic, quick, packaged summary. Well, as of this recording, we are the day after the first GOP debate, and uh, it was. I think overall, it was fairly entertaining. Uh, I I wasn't. I wasn't super surprised um, by anything. I was a little surprised probably with, uh, I think the thing that surprised me the most was probably how Pence let himself loose a little bit more than we were ever used to seeing him. Mm-hmm. And I say loose because he, he got a little, uh, like you could tell he got a little frustrated a couple times. Mm-hmm. And then even more so what stood out to me was how, uh, he, there was, there were multiple times where even the moderators had to say something to him to stop, stop interrupting and, and talking over the other people. And he yeah. was, he was basically the only one that was doing it, which again is very surprising come from him. Uh, I, I think, you know, Christie and, and Vivek probably did a little bit, but that was when they were kind of sparring right. with each other. Uh, but as far as surprises go, um, I, th- I think the Pence thing is what surprised me the most. But, you know, it's so interesting. Well, I'll, I'll say this after you give your little give your little recap. Sure. Yeah, my recap, uh, my recap of, of the night <laughs> <laughs> tells you what I thought about it. No, um, I mean. Well, I'll start with, we talked about this a little bit already. My reaction when the, when the debate first started was the way that Fox News even kind of held the debate with uh, it's a little different. the theatrics. I think I mentioned even coming into like with the, the camera the, before they even really got to anybody speaking or saying the mm-hmm. national anthem or anything was like, look how big 
they're in a they were in the I think Milwaukee's uh the Bucks stadium I think yeah um and just just knowing like what it, the debates used to be versus like now it's this huge thing where you need to be in an arena filling those yeah. thousands of seats that was that was big... is all yeah that that kind of just was you know something to take hold of um and then also the the entertainment value uh the Fox you know Fox is Fox their news channel they know what they're doing in terms of putting something on TV and getting people grabbing their attention and so that the clips at the beginning it felt very like breaking news ish hmm. um and they were kind of setting the stage which is what you do when you ask questions and again or you're about to go into a debate set the stage for what is the current reality for a lot of americans yeah and the way they did that was um playing a lot of clips of again crime that's going on in the inner cities um you know drugs in the inner cities they they played a clip of richmond north of richmond which we'll get into at some point during this 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 recording so um I, that was what initially grabbed me that okay this is like a entertainment thing now um and you're right i agree with you i think it was very entertaining i left having enjoyed kind of taking in the debate i think the people that stood out to me i think vivek was strong um i was surprised at the reaction the mixed reaction that he got online after the fact yeah there were a lot of people i think i would assume they were probably very much conservative like establishment type of conservatives that are okay with you know um the Mitt Romneys of the world and the John McCain's of the world like they were okay with that type of conservatism that Republican Party and I think those are the people that probably didn't like Vivek and I'm gonna assume they probably didn't like Donald Trump back then either no um it's probably those same people um yeah thoughts on that well I was gonna say just uh kind of going off of what you said I listened to Ben Shapiro's episode today of him giving his, you know, recap review of, of the debate. And uh, he actually breaks down in a lot of detail uh, basically what you were just saying. Like, like there's many – everybody has a different opinion on, on a debate because there's – everybody has their own perspective and they come from different angles. Mm-hmm. So, so like, like what was he saying, you know? somebody like a Vivek who comes off very energetic uh, and things like that. And, and obviously isn't the experienced politician. So in other words, he's not, he's not going to say anything from an experience because he hasn't mm-hmm. been in it to have an experience doing things. Right. Um, so he's going to come off very idealistic and, and, mm-hmm. uh, and he's going to come off a lot of times. Like he's just these <laughs> big, crazy, dreams um where you're gonna other guys who have been career politicians uh christie well well really i think everybody that was up there for the most part and especially pence took took offense to that Mm -hmm. i think uh but anyway but my point is shapiro go go to shapiro's episode he he did a really good review i i think it was uh i didn't actually agree with a lot of his his thoughts on the on the stuff but i i he gave a very fair uh way that he kind of judged it all and he broke it down into four categories and he was like if this category of of voters you know if you the people in this category are going to like this about vivek vivek and then this category of conservatives are not going to like this about vivek Mm -hmm. and and he had so he had four different categories that he broke it down into and he went through each person that was on stage and said like you know he he actually like letter graded them and and 
for each of the four categories. It was pretty good. So interesting. Um, but I, so as we're saying this, I just kind of want to give that as a disclaimer. This is purely just our opinions. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> this, is, this isn't like, you know, like we're, we're experts over here. Like we're not experts, whatever, but like we, you know, we enjoy this stuff. We watch it. Uh, we pay attention more than the average person, but we're also not like diving deep into this stuff. Yeah. Um, and so take it for what it's worth. Now, that being said, m my angle that I come from mm -hmm. is I'm tired of the career politician. As you know, when I paused it and went on that rant during the debate, mm -hmm. when uh, Pence tried to use that as a positive. Right. I'm tired of the career politicians. Um, I, I'm, I want... I want fresh meat in there. Mm -hmm. And that's, that was the huge attraction to Trump mm -hmm. in 2016. Cool. He was when, when people started realizing like, Oh, this guy's for real. And this guy really actually wants to do this. Mm -hmm. And then they realized they actually like came to the conclusion that they believed he could. Yeah. Then his support blew up, even though he didn't have the political experience because he never held office before. Right. My thing with that is it never was supposed to be that in the first place. Right. The way that America was founded and the way the founders, you know, set things up and even the, you know, next couple generations after that, it never a career politician in the first couple generations of America never would have been a thing. That never would have even been like like something you go for as yeah. a goal or as an idea. Um, it wouldn't even been feasible to do financially for yourself. Yeah. Like, yes, there were guys who, who spent a large amount of their life in politics, but, but that wasn't their life though. Like they had, they did other stuff right. and, uh, and they were a part of other things and they had other, they had businesses like, like actual businesses, not right. like offshore accounts that, you know, right. but like it it's totally different now. Like you can go to, you know, you can go to university and get a degree in, you know, in politics and then just like go start your political career. Like that's, that's so backwards and weird to me, honestly. And so I know I, you again, you're going to school for it. What? It's backwards. You say you can go get yeah. your degree and then go into politics. I think that's weird to be honest. Okay. Uh, but doesn't that defeat your point you're making? What? You're saying that you want somebody that's not, being a career politician, but you want some new ideas. Yeah. So I don't, so like why I'm saying, I, I don't like the idea of, Oh, that you're preparing for yourself. Like for you're, you're preparing for this everything. career. That I don't even think should be a career in the first place. Yeah. Gotcha. So, <clears throat> so all that to be said, like for, again, my angle that I'm coming from, mm. I'm more, I'm more open and more attracted to the person that's coming in as, as a newbie as as a fresh face basically sure which is probably why quite honestly i jumped on on the ramaswamy uh bandwagon so quick because he is the fresh face um he is the quote-unquote inexperienced one um and and so like the rant i went on uh we're, we're in the middle of watching the debate live and pence you know he had one of his hype moments <laughs> where he 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 got out of his he got out of his like typical, you know, stoic look and 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 expression, and he got a little uh, a little heated. 
because he was tired of of Vivek saying all this stuff about how you know they're they're just a bunch of other bought and paid for politicians and stuff like that, and people are tired of the career politician. And Pence was like, you know, as the only guy up here who's ever been in this position, been in these offices, sat across the table from these other world leaders and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like, we need somebody that knows how to do that. And he's so in other words, he's using that as a positive. And don't don't get me wrong. There obviously is going to be some benefit to that because like you are because like the relationship factor is already there with a lot of people you already like you know the names you know the people you know the numbers like you know you know the town like you know this kind of stuff and there there is some benefit to it but there also is a benefit to coming in and not knowing how those things work so that you can be the one that's disrupting it Mm. because it's a system that needs to be disrupted yeah so somebody who's been a part of creating that system and been a part of playing with the, you know, within the, the lines of the so-called system for so long, how are you going to all of a sudden be the one that comes up in and disrupts it? You're not yep. going to be. Yep. So I think a lot of people, I think, I think Vivek is, is catching on to a lot of people in our generation mm-hmm. because a lot of people you're like our age that are paying attention to politics and stuff, you know, maybe, maybe late twenties, you know, up to 40 ish mm-hmm. in that range or mid forties, like all of us, at least in my experience or, and even seeing, even seeing people online and stuff, like we're tired of the, of the status quo. Yep. We just want something different. Yep. And, uh, and I think that's what Vivek brings to the table. Um, that's what Trump, brought to the table mm-hmm. along with a bunch of other stuff. Yep. <laughs> and, you know, you, again, this isn't like a, you know, uh, this isn't like a pro Trump podcast, even though I know sometimes we come off like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the positives of him was the fact that he was an outsider. Yeah. And so now that people have an ex- have experienced an outsider, there's a lot of the country that once outsiders to be a normal thing that happens now right and so anyway that's that i i I think i went into that that long rant because that's my perspective when i'm going into how i'm going to grade you know how this went uh i want an outsider i want somebody who's gonna not be afraid to be disruptive um but also be able to share what they want to do too and right. and that's where like somebody like Trump's not good, right? Vivek has a he's just so good with his words. He's very clear, very direct about what he what he what the vision is that he's casting. I, it's really hard for me to understand the people that really don't like him, to be honest with you. But I think part of it is what you just said. I think because there is a you you mentioned an age group that is that wants to disrupt the system. There is a lot of people that are okay with it, like they're and that's. Now, let me say, yeah. say the people that I've seen online, we, we talked earlier about, you mentioned the, the mixed, the, the, the mixed reaction to, to mm-hmm. Vivek afterwards, mm-hmm. a large majority of the people that I saw that had a more of a negative view towards him mm-hmm. were older generations. And I think that's because they fall more under that, just like establishment right. conservative type. Yeah. I th- I think they just. I don't even, it's, it's funny because I feel like if they thought deeply enough about it, they'd be like, yeah, of course we need to change the system. 
but they're not like taking that thought process. They're compartmentalizing it and saying, yeah, we need to change the system. They don't realize like, okay, we do that by not continuing to support the system. Yeah. And it's like, they're just like, again, they're so used to just going along with what CNN says or Fox news says, because mm-hmm. on both sides of the, the aisle, like this exists, right? There's the Democrats that are like, Oh yeah. Hillary for sure. Duh. Obviously. Oh, Biden. Yeah, for sure. Cast my vote for, and but meanwhile, if you ask them, do you, are they serving you? No, we know they're not. We, <laughs> but okay. Oh, well stop supporting it. And so you see it on both sides. And, um, I've even seen some, some lifelong Democrats like take interest in Vivek and, you know, as I'm trying to like poke and prod, like, okay, well, if you're tired of the system, like stop supporting it, like start feeding, you know, the other things that can, like you said, kind of, or, or Trump would say drain the swamp or, um, disrupt the system. So I think, and to be honest, what was interesting during the debate was that, because you mentioned Pence took issue with the vague and was kind of getting annoyed by the vague a little bit. Um, I think it was surprising to see a lot of them attack Vivek versus DeSantis versus like, honestly, if now I think about it, I don't really think DeSantis got too many DeSantis attacks. got off clean. He really did. Yeah. For all the things that you could attack him on, or at least they could attack him on. I mean, I didn't hear anything about Disney and how he botched that whole thing. Like he was the one that created the whole tax incentive and then took it away and the whole dr- Like they've been beating him up. There's a lot to beat him up on. Let's say that. But he really did get off clean. They went after Vivek, which I thought, I think I mentioned it during the debate. Like, I'm like, I think this gives him credibility. I think this means that he is legitimately a factor in this race, and they know that. And they're trying to sway the people that are leaning and falling in love with this guy to be like, no, there's there's reason to kind of take a step back and, and, and you know, pause and don't so quickly fall in love with Vivek. Um, yeah. So I, I do think Nikki Haley did a good job of that with the foreign policy argument she had with him um it definitely was and she's i mean everyone in that stage she's known as the foreign policy genius and expert on that stage out of everybody on that stage um and so if anybody's going to go after vivek for foreign policy it was going to be her and i think she just made her point very very obvious and i actually think she had a good night um most people thought she did well yeah i don't think i don't think she's exciting and i think we talked again about that too like i think it's just a different time in politics where the Tim Scotts is just not the way he went about it. It's just not going to work anymore. Like they don't want, I don't want to hear the numbers. Oh, it's not that I don't, I care about the numbers and the stats and the facts. And we, we tend yeah. to talk about those things, but the the average American, they don't want to hear the numbers. They have no idea what you're saying anyway, <laughs> which is why I think Trump did was so successful the first time around. He spoke to their level, mm-hmm. like, like no disrespect. But the, the, the fact is, I think the country reads at like an eighth grade reading level on average. And Trump speaks at an eighth grade reading level. And so that what happened was that his intellect met their intellect. Not to say he's not smart. People aren't smart. But the way he spoke, spoke to them. Mm-hmm. And so people were like, oh, that makes sense to me. Drain the swamp. That makes sense to me. I don't want to hear about the percentages of this and that. Like, just yeah. tell me what it is. And I think that's what captures people now. And so Tim Scott was born because he really, again, was using statistics and slow speaking because he's from the South, as he said, like, Things like that. And even Pence was kind of slow a little bit, but um, but all of that just doesn't work anymore. People want somebody to excite them. So Nikki didn't really excite. Tim didn't excite. Mike Pence didn't excite. Um, Christie tried. Of course, he's in a lane where he's very critical of Trump, so I don't think that's going to help him. I don't disagree with him necessarily. I think I agree with him and Asa's position uh, in terms of critiquing Trump and what's going on with him legally. But um, it's just, obviously, they're not going to 
get any piece of the pie with doing that. That's just the reality. Yeah. So, yeah, there was the one. I there there were some sharp moments I noticed uh, of contrast where between kind of like the like we talked the people like us and then like kind of the older generation that views things more establishment. And one of those moments was when Pence was going at, at, at Vivek and, and they were kind of going, throwing jabs back and forth. And because Vivek went on this, this little speech about how America's in decline and, you know, we're, we're really not in a good spot and blah, blah, blah. Well, Pence took that as, you know, you're telling the American people mm. that, you know, that, that we're not, uh, good we're, you're, you're telling the American people that, that they're not good people basically. Right. And Pence was like, hey, we don't have a people problem. We have a government problem. <laughs> and so he got, you know, he, he felt good about that little bar. He thought he got it in and, you know, a couple of people cheered and Vivek came back and was like, you say we have a government problem, but who elects the government? It's the people. Mm. So, Yes, we have a lot of these career politicians and stuff, but at the same time, they still do get voted in. Mm. So they get voted in by the people. Yeah. So a lot of what we have going on is because in in large part, we have a lot of these different cancers that are in society. Mm. And there just needs to be a big change in a lot of it. And... uh but yeah, no, with, with what you said about the other people, I, I, I think I agree. Um, you're not on the Doug Burgum train, you know, you're not feeling that. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Um, he I, honestly, he, I think he made some pretty good points. I think he did actually. Pretty solid I wouldn't points. be surprised actually if he does take a little bit. You know, Trump was it one percent to two percent? Like I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. No, nah, he'd be like point six to point <laughs> yeah. eight. Um, I really wouldn't. I I think you're right. I think he did actually have a good night. I think what he had to say was solid. Um, again, I think he's just uh, out of all the people on the stage plus Trump. There's just no way this no. guy has a shot. So, so this is what this is what Shapiro said. This is probably what is. And there's people not on the stage that didn't. Even yeah, get yeah. On the stage too, this so. is probably what is this idea is probably what's believed by by most people who are following this, which is to say, other than DeSantis, other than Trump, DeSantis, and Ramaswamy, mm -hmm. nobody else know nobody else has even a shot. Mm -hmm. Like that's just a, a hundred percent guarantee. Mm -hmm. It's going to be Trump, DeSantis, and Ramaswamy. And then most people after that would say, well, it's it's Trump. Sure. And then a little bit of people would, would give like, yeah, but DeSantis kind of has a shot. Would you say that most people that say DeSantis or Vivek has a shot are saying that assuming that Trump's legal woes are going to make him fall and crumble? Or are you saying that they legit have a shot in a fair race where he's not, well, I should say fair, but you get what I'm saying? Like it, in a race where he's, the legal things are not a component and he's racing all the way to the end, campaigning all the way to the end. I think they would say in a fair race that they, they at least, he at least has a shot. And to be honest, I, I guess I kind of fall in that category where I believe they, 
DeSantis and Ramaswamy at least have a shot. I know it's like like a you know shot, one out of a hundred, yeah. but it's a shot. And the reason we can say that is because of Trump in twenty sixteen. Yeah. That's yeah. He's yeah, Vivek's actually um, DeSantis as well, is polling higher than Trump was at this point in the race. Yeah. So so you know, I know and and we're talking like we're we're still over a year away from the actual final. Well, the general election, but right. I don't I don't I don't know when the primary ends. But I mean we're still a ways away from that. I wanna say like May um, June, maybe. Trump Trump basic I would probably say there's like a like an eighty five to ninety percent chance he's got it wrapped up in the primaries. Uh because there's the the amount of people who are like like they're they're hardcore Trumpers that they're there's no way there's vote, they're voting for anybody else. So as long as he's legally in the race still they're voting for him. Like no, like it doesn't matter what anybody else does, says, or anything. They're not getting swayed. That's probably like around. I'm just guessing, but that's probably around like thirty percent of of the voter block as a whole. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so I don't know if the the likelihood that the numbers mathematically can even add up to where somebody else could could take enough to beat trump Mm -hmm. it's very very unlikely um even even you know even with once all the other guys besides ramaswamy and desantis once all the other ones are are out Mm -hmm. and then you know theoretically those the people that supported all the other ones have to go somewhere um so they're going to go to one of those two most likely desantis uh at this point um it's probably going to be DeSantis, but I just don't, even with saying that, I don't, it's very unlikely that that person gets that support, gets enough support. I agree. I think if anything's going to shift in the race where it's not Trump, I think it's going to happen again, assuming it's not the legal stuff. I think that these early um, Iowa caucus and early primary races are what will propel that. I think similar to what happened with Obama, uh, with him coming out of nowhere in those early primaries, like, whoa, wait, what's going on here? Uh, this is yeah. not what we expected. And then same thing happened to Hillary. Now Hillary ended up taking the nomination because the DNC was completely corrupt and is corrupt. Um, but Bernie had some strong showings early in the primary races, and they were like, whoa, wait a minute, this is not what we expected. So if anything can happen it's going to be in those early primary races where people show up and say, no, this is not in the bag. Um, so I'd be, but I'd of course still be surprised if that, it, it wasn't Trump by quite a big margin. So now I will say, uh, at least from what we could tell just from watching it on TV, from crowd reaction and, and energy that we could, again, we could tell. Mm-hmm. Do, do you think it's right to say that, that Vivek, of anybody had the most energetic responses from the crowd. Oh, by far. I think it's not even, it wasn't even close by far. So that brought up another interesting point. I heard some people talk about, actually you even kind of said it earlier. We're in a, a time now where the general voter cares less about actual specifics of policy and numbers and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. They care about your presentation. 
And of course, again, going back, we saw that with Trump. Mm -hmm. That's, that's the whole Trump thing. Trump has the presentation. And so that being said, do you think, do you think that is what gets Ramaswamy kind of over that hump of, of everyone else and maybe even DeSantis? Because he obviously is the a hundred percent, the most charismatic, right. most energetic, yep. uh, most well-spoken out of, out of anybody, mm-hmm. whether or not you actually, even though he's well-spoken, whether or not you agree that he gives you enough specifics on policy and stuff like that, mm-hmm. he definitely can speak the best. Yeah. Well, I think you're, yes, the, the charisma, the energy definitely plays well for those voters. I think it's deeper than that. I think it goes back to, again, speaking in a way that people understand. And I think even though I know he could speak circles around us, he could speak, the guy's got degrees out the wazoo. Obviously is, you know, multi-billionaire because he earned it from being a CEO of his company and all that stuff in, in in the pharmaceutical realm or whatever. So the guy's smart. It's not that he can't right. Have that, those lofty conversations, but, I think what he does so well is that he communicates them in a very succinct way that the, in the way the culture is trying to communicate them in the current culture wars that are happening. Yeah. So you look at his, um, his 10 statements of, of fact or truth, of truth, right. Yeah. Um, you know, I can't, don't know all of them, but it starts with God is real. Like, but it's, and there are two genders, right? These are, these are very easy small sentences that people can utilize in their everyday lives when they're having those culture wars, unfortunately on Facebook or Twitter or X now, whatever, right? Like they are these nice little package statements of this is how I can present my politics, my argument and my perspective on things, my conservative perspective. And again, conservatives have often felt uh, silenced in these spaces. And so, uh, you know, censored, uh, which is true. It's been happening. And so to be given those things like that, um, those little prepackaged, like this is where I stand on that without really getting into the depths of the policies is what I think really resonates with people. And he don't, doesn't only do it with those 10 statements of truth, but like even when he's communicating policies, he, he it's just quick. He's like, China's our enemy. Stop supporting Ukraine. Let's do our, let's support, you know, you know, support our own borders instead of Ukraine's. Like that's very easy. To say yeah now nikki put poked holes in those things right and so she is willing to get into the nitty-gritty of the policy and why that doesn't work maybe again i'm not necessarily saying it doesn't but she'll get into the nitty-gritty of why she thinks it's not going to work it's not that easy um because there's more nuance than that but the yeah. way he's able to just say like stop securing ukraine's boarding secure ours that's easy to understand mm-hmm. and i think that's really what it is it's like again i think reminds people of trump it's like that makes sense to me so yeah. Yeah. When you, you get a big boost when you have the ability and, and the know-how to just speak to the people. Yep. And for whatever reason, a lot of people who choose the path of, you know, career politician, like they just don't have, uh, don't have that ability to speak to the people, uh, which is, hmm. Well, I, that'd be a whole nother rap trail, but well, I want to say too, because I was mentioning that the, the DNC is corrupt. I just want to say, even with the RNC, what they've done with like 
making all of them sign the statement that they're going to support their eventual nominee. I think it's undemocratic and ridiculous. And I learned today that it, and it's not just the RNC. I think this is across the board, probably the DNC as well. But I think it cost a hundred thousand dollars to even apply to run for president. I think it was the Chancellor video that I was watching earlier that um, Michael Knowles had, Knowles had mentioned it um, in that in that interview. I didn't know that. And um, things like that. Again, it goes back to your point earlier about like it was never meant to be this elitist thing where all oh, people with money are supposed to run our country. Like it was the complete opposite. It was people, yeah. the everyday man that lives in this country and understands how this country actually works, what groceries actually cost. I mean, how many times do you get politicians, politicians saying like, um, like naming some really weird price for things. That's like, duh, like eggs are like $3. What are you talking about? Like, like they just say some really dumb stuff. Um, and it's like, clearly you haven't been in a grocery store. Clearly you haven't bought a car, like actually been in a dealership in a, in a minute. Like these people are so far removed from the everyday American that it's like, wh- how, how did we get here? Um, it shouldn't cost a hundred thousand dollars to, cause now I thought about it. I was like, wait, but hasn't there been other people? And I thought about Herman Cain. I'm like, okay, but he had money. Like he ran all these pizza shops or whatever. Like, um, I thought, or before that, I, I, I shouldn't do that because he, he did far more things than run pizza shops. He was actually like an engineer or something at like some NASA. I don't know, something crazy. Um, but anyway, these people had money is what I'm saying. Vivek even, like he's got money. He can afford to do it. Mm-hmm. Trump had money. He could have, like weren't politicians, but they could afford to do it. And again, still, it was never meant to be something that was unattainable for the everyday man. And if somebody like Jacob Chansley, whether you agree with him or not, if you even know who he is, the, the, what do they call him? The something shaman, uh, QAnon shaman. QAnon shaman. Uh, that's the guy with the horns and the face paint that on yeah. January 6th. Um, you know, people, if people like him wanted to run, America set up or should have and was set up initially for people, the everyday American, to just say, I want to run for president. I want to put my ideas on the table and see if the American people want to support this and say, this is the vision for our, for our country. And so it's just all of it. The whole system is corrupt. It's not just Democrats, it's not Republicans, it's the whole system. The way it's currently set up, the duopoly, like, it's just, it's not at all what our founders wanted for our country, and we got to figure it out. Which is why we need more people from outside the system to come in and do stuff. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm more open to an outsider coming in. When I say outsider, somebody who, ha- who's somebody who hasn't, like, made the career in politics. I'm more open to an outsider coming in and it ends up not turning out well, but at least we, at least they tried some stuff as opposed to like a career guy coming in and we get the status quo. I mean, at this point, like, I just want to see some stuff change. I think Trump started it. Yeah. I and mean, I've said it before on this podcast. I think he was, I mean, Vake said it on the, we'll keep it on the debate. Vake said it. He was like best president of my lifetime. He said that at the, on the debate stage. So I can't disagree with that. Like, cause you, you just said like, even if things go wrong, I mean, things kind of, you know, so a lot of senses went wrong. Like there's a lot of things that we, a lot of people just aren't happy about with the Trump presidency, but he did do some things that were like the traditional politician just wasn't going to do. Yeah. And he accomplished a lot. And you, you really you have to give him credit for that. So, yeah. So, so the debate, uh, is there anything, is there anything that you took away from it that was like, 
were was your mind changed on anything <clears throat> i think that uh if anything it probably would have been the importance of being sold on Vivek's vision for foreign, foreign policy because of that exchange with Nikki Haley. It did get me thinking like, okay, I, we should, I should consider more what's going on with Vivek's understanding of Israel, his understanding of mm-hmm. how important the Russia Ukraine feud is. Um, and I'm not definitely not one to be like, Oh yeah, we should just keep pouring money into Ukraine. But um, again, we saw Biden recently with how, you know, it sounds good to just be like, yeah, get out, stop. But there's a way to do it, <clears throat> right? So we saw how disastrous it was when Biden pulled out of Afghanistan, right? So um, so it just got me questioning that a little bit more and, and be like, okay, that is an important piece of, like, this guy's vision for us. So, like, we can't just ignore it. So I would say that's probably the one thing that got me reorienting my, my position. Hmm. Uh, I would say... I would say if I had to answer the same question, I <laughs> I want to look into some stuff with uh, with with Vivek. Um, I went into you know big supporter of his. I still am supporter of his, and but but I keep seeing and this this is honestly the one thing that well I agree with you on the the. Uh, foreign affairs topic. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to learn more of what he thinks about that stuff. Cause that there's some question, some pretty good concerning questions there. I didn't like when abortion was talked about, mm. he was the only one on the stage that never, never said a word. Now he never was specifically asked to say a word, right. but neither were half the other people. And they still said something and he didn't say anything yeah. when it came to abortion. Now, I, I, I pretty much do know his position on abortion because I've heard him say it yep. a few other times and in other places. Um, so I have a good idea what he probably would have said. But I just didn't like that he didn't he didn't even try to get into that talk because I know that many, many other people would have loved to have seen him do that. Seen like, all right, what's this guy got to say about, you know, this huge topic? Yeah. So that was one thing I didn't like. Uh, I, but again, didn't really change my mind. Um, now the one, the biggest concerning thing I have pulling away from it that could change my mind, I'm hearing a lot of people say, including Shapiro, I'm hearing a lot of people say that Vivek flip-flops positions depending on who he's talking to, Mm. which is interesting because I consider myself somebody who's probably followed him fairly closely because I I've watched a few, you know, random podcast episodes. He's been on, he's been on like over 70 podcasts, which Mm -hmm. is crazy. Uh, I've watched a few of the interviews he's been on mainstream media and I haven't picked up on that, but I also haven't watched everything he's done. So maybe there's something I'm missing because the, so what I want to know though is, I really, really don't like the idea of somebody flip-flopping just because of who he's talking to. So that concerns me, if that's true. But I don't know if it's true because I haven't seen it. Well, I'll tell you what's going on. I think, uh, well, one, Mitt Romney lost the 2012 
election because of that critique of like people, even Republicans, just being like, this dude flip flops all over the place. Um, people just weren't full souls of them. So that really could hurt somebody if that's how people characterize. But is it true or are they just saying it? Well, I think what's happening is, is I agree with you. I think he's been consistent actually during the entire his whole campaign, his introduction as, a, as again, somebody running for president. I think what the problem is, people keep referencing old books and things that he said before he got into the race and saying, now that you got into the race, you have a very packaged answer for these things. But it's not exactly what you were saying when you wrote a book and you probably weren't thinking about running for president. And so people are quoting his book. Um, now he's got some solid, I know the one that I'm very familiar with was, um, is it Ryan O'Malley or O'Halley or something like that? DC Drano on Instagram and on Twitter. Ro uh, Rogan O'Hanley. Rogan. Rogan. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, he's one of his major critiques. He did a, a some like a, I don't know what you call it, a double interview, I guess with, with Candace Owens on Candace Owens platform. And um, his thing was, you know, you said that, uh, you know, um, Trump should have accepted the election and, and moved on or something or, or candidates should something along those lines. But like it was like taken out of context. It was talking about Stacey Abrams because Stacey Abrams had done the same yeah. thing, which was that she had said after her election in, in or, or not being elected in Georgia, that the election was stolen and, and, and did not accept the results of the election and the whole thing. Um, and so Stacey Abrams had done the exact same thing. And that's what the excerpt was actually about. It was kind of a play on, on that, um, kind of as a, you know, poke to the Democrats, like, yeah, you keep talking about Trump, but here's Stacey, Hillary also the same thing. Yeah. Um, so things like that, he has, he ends up having these responses to the things that I'm like, oh, okay, well, that makes sense. Um, I've never heard anything that's like, he hasn't had an answer for it all makes sense to me. Yeah. Like the Soros stuff. Yeah, even that. Uh, I mean, but but even that. I heard. I think I heard today they were saying like I think it was a uh, what's the guy's name that does Dreamware? Anomaly. Anomaly. That's his name. Or is that just like that's his internet name. name. Yeah, whatever. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, he he, you know, he even pointed out that that's not exactly true. The guy said, um, I was only explain that the Soros funding that that Vivek got apparently for uh, some type of education. Um, you Vivek his his his. Um, I guess justification for it was that, well, I didn't really have money at the time. So I took it. I was to, a law student or something. Right. Right. I didn't have any money. I needed the money to, to continue my education, you know? And I was like, Oh, well, of course. But then he pointed out and he was like, no, we looked at your tax returns. You actually made millions those last couple of years. Um, so you did have some money. Um, now, one thing I could I think of with that is he may have, it may have looked like he made millions but it's on paper cash. But it's not necessarily it, it it may not necessarily have been like that's money you can use. Right. But or it may have or he may have also taken that money, turned it around and put it right back into the business. Um because that's something that entrepreneurs do. Absolutely. So I like that looks bad on this on on the surface, but I I I, again, I'd want to hear an explanation because I know that there, there, I know that there could be for that. Um, and I, th I will point out these are people that I feel like, like I haven't heard critiques from people that have been genuinely interested in hearing from Vivek. All of these critiques have critiques have been from people that, from the very beginning, are like, I don't like this guy. Yeah, they don't, they don't like him because he comes from pharma, and especially Anomaly doesn't like him because of yeah. the pharma thing. Uh, Rogan is just so 
hopped on Trump. It's like everybody yeah. blinding is an idiot because why not just support Trump blindly? So these are two specific guys in those examples that have never, never been actually open to considering Vivek. Um, so consider that as well. So now I will say again, take this for what you want. Cause a lot of people are going to disagree with what I'm about to say. Go for it. Uh, or just do a big, a big, uh, eye roll. <laughs> Somebody who has a, who, who has a very good, um, instinct for these types of situations and, and for people in these situations and, from what I've observed is right almost every time is Candace Owens okay. in, in her, uh, in her observation of people and, uh, and things like that and how those situations are going to turn out. And like you said, she had on DC Drano with Vivek. Um, so one of the reasons I jumped on the Vivek bandwagon was because the very first time I ever even heard his name was from Candace. Mm. And I remember listening to a Candace episode. This was a while ago, like a year ago. And she had said, I remember this specifically. She said, if this guy Vivek, this young entrepreneur guy, Vivek, who, you know, has there's stuff floating around, floating around that, you know, he might run, try to run for president. And she said, I know a little bit about this guy. And I, I've, I think she said, I might've read, I read his book or something like that. And she was like, if he runs, I'm a hundred percent on board with him instead of DeSantis. And she's like, and I don't, I don't dislike DeSantis, but she's like, this guy's the real deal. Mm -hmm. So I had that to go off of. And then ever since then, she has, uh, she has been, been, you know, following Vivek and, and following obviously what's going on. And, and she does not have those same concerns that everything, like we just mentioned, she doesn't have those same concerns about him with those same things. Uh, sometimes because she's already had those talks with him about it and, and heard his, his answers. Um, sometimes because she just thinks that they're not really that credible and we're kind of just trying to find a problem. Um, and she she generally is very supportive of him still and and likes him a lot and to me that that adds to his credibility that's the part that i know a lot of people are going to hate cuz i hate Candace Owens but yeah whatever and i'm going off of what i've noticed as her judgment of of uh, her consistent correct judgments of people and and he's been one of them and and i you know to me that means something at least i i actually would agree with that and as much as i've told you over the years i cannot stand candace Owen, but it hasn't been because of her what she said i, I mostly agree with things she, she has to say i think you're right actually i have to call balls and strikes here i think oh, she's been right about a lot of things even when i didn't want her to be mm -hmm. um and so i have to admit that and so i would agree with you i think that um the one thing i can think of that i and again, just because I personally haven't, maybe I'm missing something, but she still believes that there was massive enough, massive fraud in the 2020 election for the, you know, for, for Trump to have done all the stuff that he did. I haven't seen it. I haven't, I'm not there yet, but, um, but anyway, again, it's worth considering.
Um, and I'll even say too that for me, yeah. that what adds to her credibility, she goes against her employer mm-hmm. on a lot of stuff. Daily Wires, who she you know works yeah. for or with, I don't know exactly what their deal is, but yeah. um, but like her and Shapiro disagree a lot of t- a lot on on stuff. Um, yeah. and you know, well, all of the hosts disagree on sure. many uh, different things. They're allowed to, and right. they're, you know, they, they don't, uh, they don't hide it either. Yep. Uh, but to be honest on a lot of the stuff, Candace is like pretty sharply different from people like Shapiro, especially when it comes to, um, you know, COVID related stuff with, with the jab and everything like that. She's, she's a totally different world than what Shapiro says about that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but in, in my opinion, she's been more right more often when it comes to that stuff than he has. Yeah. And, uh, so I don't know, take it for what you want, but yeah, it was entertaining debate. Uh, I think a lot of, I actually, I will say, um, let's just mention the couple people that I, I think we would have liked to seen on the stage. Uh, Larry elder would have liked to seen him at the debate. I think he would have been, he would have stuck out very solid voice. Um, I think that, uh, I don't know though, bro. He would have had to replace like a Doug Burgum. Can we really get rid of Berg? We can get rid of Berg. All right. We can get rid of Berg. <laughs> or at least Asa. Like. Um, yeah, I think, uh, again, uh, he doesn't really have – it's surprising to me. I don't know. Maybe I over-assume his 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 pull on the Popularity. conservative. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I just feel like he's one of those voices in the conservative. Like, I feel like Candace ran. She's clearly getting at least 1%. She's on the stage, I think, one percent, probably getting a lot of money. Like, she's on the stage. I'm. I guess I just thought Larry Elder was a little bit more had a little bit more power and pull in the conservative movement, but uh, maybe not. Will Hurd is another one, uh, but Will Hurd's been very critical. He's kind of in the Chris Christie, Asa Hutchison lane when coming hmm. about how he's running. He's running because he believes Trump is committed crimes and therefore will be held accountable in the court system. So, um, anyway. There's definitely some people still that weren't on that stage. I'm probably m- missing a few. I'm sure um, that probably said other guy Perry Johnson. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I, Larry Elder would have been Larry. A, a debate is is Larry Elder's bread and butter. Yep. So, I mean, I would have. The one what, that flipped Dave Rubin from a Democrat to a Republican. Yeah. <laughs> My uh, greatest moment. <laughs> One of one of my one of my dream scenarios is is seeing Larry Elder and, and Vivek go at it. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be great. Might get it. Might be some like off the RNC if the aren't you know I don't know. But you you can kind of see that if you go on a uh, look of the Breakfast Club interviews with with Vivek and then the the one with Larry Elder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> ears might bleed yeah in those interviews but whatever um when you say we run through some of these proverbs try to gain some 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 wisdom from the scriptures on for how it. we should be thinking and maybe apply these to whether the debate or just the current political um space as it exists uh we were kind of reading through these right before we started here just want to kind of read through them stop me at any point if you want to talk about any of these but i think some of these you kind of They'll just hit you, convict you, and be like, mm, you know, one of those moments. So I'll read through them. Aaron, again, stop me. If, I'll stop if there's anything I want to say. But 
this first one here says, a wicked man receives a bribe from the bosom to pervert the ways of justice. Proverbs 17, 23. That's, that's Washington, D.C. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I think I should mention that, he was like, you guys are all bought and paid for. Rich men north the rich men. That's what I'll, that, 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 <laughs> yeah, there, there's that connection. But like, that shocked me because people didn't like when Vivek said that. That he said you guys are all bought and paid for, which shocked me because I felt like it's a very conservative idea that hey, there's money in politics that shouldn't be in money in politics. That's more. That's more of a like heavy Trumper view. Like those people, it's not necessarily. So there was a, all, it's it was not necessarily the, all of. So you're saying it's never Trumpers that booed him for that. Yeah. So it's more of the establishment people. Yeah. That would make sense. Okay. All right. Yeah. I was kind of shocked at that. Um, anyway, uh, to show partiality to the wicked is not good, nor to thrust aside the righteous in judgment. Mm. Another one similar. These also are sayings of the wise. To show partiality and judgment is not good. He who says to the wicked, you are righteous. Peoples will curse him. Nations will abhor him. But to those who rebuke the wicked will be delight and good blessing will come upon them. Uh, Do what's right. Yeah. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings is to search out a matter. I'm not sure I have to read that more. I'm not sure I understand that one. To conceal a matter. I have to look into that. Evil men do not understand justice, but those who seek the Lord understand all things. Hmm. Righteousness is often evidenced by one's response to wickedness. Uh, actually, that's on a verse. Let me rewind. A king who sits on the throne of justice disperses all evil with his eyes. Uh, a man of great anger shall bear the penalty. For if you rescue him, you will only have to do it again. So, commit a crime, put him in jail. Don't let him go. Um, when the scoffer is punished, the naive become wise, but when the wise is instructed, he receives knowledge. I think I love one of the things I love about Proverbs is like, it's, it's so simple, but when you hear something like that, like a mm -hmm. sentence like that, you have to stop and like rewind it and play it back slow. Yeah. And then you're like, Oh yeah, yeah. You start, like, All right, you see things you can yeah. apply it to, and it's like, oh, okay. And you're like, and they, oh, dang, that's yeah. good. <laughs> yep, yep, yeah. Consider this one. This one's kind of graphic, but when you sit down to dine with a ruler, consider carefully what is before you. Put a knife to your throat if you are a man of great appetite. Do not desire his delicacies for it is deceptive food mm. yeah see what i'm talking about <laughs> so I'll, I'll i'll read this little excerpt from uh this is from bible.org that i'm reading these these proverbs um specific to kind of what they thought we could apply to political space today uh, most of it literally is just boom, 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 verse, 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 passage from Proverbs, whatever, straight down. But there's a little excerpt here at the end um, that I think is worth reading. This is the uh, author's 
personal opinion. He says it starts here by saying it is my personal opinion that Christians have frequently failed to win in a to win a hearing from those who are in places of political power because we have failed to follow these simple principles. We have often evidenced a lack of wisdom, sometimes motivate, motivated by a statement or claim that was later proven to be factually erroneous. We have sometimes ignored or disregarded, not because we were Christians, but because we were not competent or civil. In such cases, our words have not been gracious and appropriate, but stinging and critical, even caustic. Mm. Yeah. We may refer to politicians as liberals, humanists, bureaucrats. Sometimes it has seemed to those in power that Christian spokesmen were simply seeking to establish their own power base. I find that interesting. Um, he kind of ends it with the reference to Daniel. It says Daniel and his three Hebrew companions were very influential in government, even though they were young and political prisoners. They were chosen to hold positions of power because they were skillful and wise. Likewise, Pharaoh chose Joseph to be second in command in spite of the fact that he was a Hebrew, for whom the Egyptians had little regard, because he had manifested greater wisdom than any other man in Egypt. I do find it interesting. He kind of makes the, he's making the point that even Christians, while the argument may be true that they make, whether it's an abortion issue, whether it's uh, how we approach uh, the gender ideology and education and, uh, you know, all these things in just general justice, right? While Christians may be arguing the right things with their words, even their motive is not necessarily to serve people. It's just to win an argument. It's to win an election. And that's not necessarily right heart. If we don't see that, we're in the political process and uh, we're definitely not two people that would say Christians shouldn't be involved in the political process. They absolutely mm. should be. If you're a Christian, you should be involved. Um, but do it for the right reasons. Uh, we are here as exiles, as aliens, immigrants, foreigners in this land to advance God's kingdom. So we ought to do that. And, and that's not ever to build our own kingdom. That's his kingdom. So if we're doing it to build our own political party, we're doing it to build our own status, power. That's just not it. That's not what it's supposed to be. So. It is hard to be that guy. Uh, you know, be that person that. That you can it's it's hard to it's just hard it's you know it takes a it takes a special person i think it takes a a special humility and um i think a lot of it comes down to humility yeah and which shows you how much how many of us don't have the humility that we should have uh as believers mm. um yeah. I mean, cause I, I know hundred percent know that that's an issue of mine. You know, I would, I wouldn't be considered that guy. Mm. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough. Yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, that's what I say a proverb, proverb a day, right? Cause it's one of those things where you really need to hear it constantly because our tendency is, 
to work, is is to go back and operate in our flesh um and keep going back to the things that we know are not good for us yeah um and so it's like to be reminded of these these truths not even i mean even just the simple ones of like we hear every single election every when somebody loses and they're upset that they, they lost you know the king's heart is is like channels of water in the hand of the lord he turns it wherever he wishes right um the god is in control like no matter who's in office he put them there daniel tells us right um even when we're upset that our guy lost like and you gotta suck it up but then the next day we're mad again and like oh well they they did this and they did that and this was stolen and that you know oh well they are you know how do you win in a uh, from from your basement and you're whatever just just whatever to are to complain about on both sides of the aisle and it's like no i have to keep reminding myself that god is doing something far bigger than something that's happening in washington dc um it sounds corny and it sounds a little too easy and too good to be true. Uh, well, God's in control. So I should just stop worrying about it, but it's true. Like that's, it's really that simple that like, and again, I don't, as I just said, I'm, we affirm you should be involved in the political process. Don't be ignorant and don't be passive or apathetic, but there's a way to be involved and invested without, um, how would you say that without really being um agitated or venge vengeful and and upset and angry and yeah. always you know always having a grievance over something um having that peace within you that you know that god is ultimately the king he's in control jesus is coming back for his church he's going to set up his kingdom like those are truths that we can rest in not not get agitated and pick up our swords but literally rest in there's time to pick up our swords but there's there's also rest for us in that so he's in control and he and he knows but we don't yeah so yeah, that'll humble you so we you know so that leads to us we still have responsibility yeah um you know we we are still we are still to live uh through him and for him and by doing that, you know, hopefully fulfilling what he wants and, and, and getting done what glorifies him. That's really it at the end of the day. Yeah. I was just reading on the London Baptist confession before we started. <laughs> one of the stickers on their site was, uh, you know, the, the, the most, one of probably the most popular confession in, in kind of the reformed catechisms if you will is is like what is the chief end of man it's to glorify god all right um you know to take to be i think it's to take joy something like it's to take joy in him and glorify god forever uh, mm -hmm. something like that uh to enjoy him and glorify god forever so i mean that's really it's really that's it like it's that simple um all things are to glorify him uh every every part of our lives like it can't be this compartmentalized thing where oh yeah glorify god like that's a sunday thing yeah okay we get it go to church take your family to church da -da -da -da. be the good christian family with your white picket fence but like that's all it's ever all it ever is and that's not you're missing it you're missing the fullness of life that god is really trying to invite you into so yeah 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 any last thoughts TrueStrengthApparel.com, Crossview yeah. Podcast merch. Check it out. <laughs> Love you guys. Talk to you soon. Peace. Peace.